There's trouble brewing out in front of the saloon. Hey, they're gonna fight me, Jill. Look at them. They're about to go. I fired point blank. Watch this. Welcome to Crappy Anime Showdown. I'm your host and referee, as always, Mike. Today I'm joined by Jay and Ethan, but uh, in lieu of the usual jokes that we do here at this show, uh, I just wanted to start with a message. Uh, Producer, if you could cue the music. (laughs) It's not very often that a piece of media, literature, cinema, uh, gives us a character that has very little screen time brings joy to our hearts and that is taken away from us so quickly. Uh, Some might think of Ellie from Up. Others might say Nina from Full Metal Alchemist Brothers. It's too long. We're out of sad music. Somebody somebody might even say Maze Hughes from FMAB. Uh, And I would like to (laughs) put this person up on the Mount Rushmore of character deaths come too soon and that is... The Itachi Cringemobile driver guy. Oh no! Cringemobile <laughs> The man had one job, and it was to like cars and anime boobies uh, over them, and died for what he loved. Disgusting swaps on his car. The friendship of other car men around him. You will be missed. Oh, I miss him already. Thank you so <laughs> I much. Turn that shit off, please. <laughs> I don't want to hear it again. <laughs> anyway. Poor uh, Cringemobile driver. Uh, Cringemobile <laughs> driver guy, no. Uh, At least he uh, he got to sign off with a cloud in memoriam. You know? <laughs> uh, I, can't, I can't wait to listen <laughs> to that mushroom and see cloud if it comes through dust. at all. <laughs> uh, anyway, in case you're new, this podcast <laughs> is dedicated to pitting garbage anime against each other to see which is the most deplorable while still being entertaining enough to watch today. Ethan will be defending uh, said magical destroyers, uh, while Jay will be defending Sacrificial Girl and the King of Beasts. Uh, hope you brought your A game. Catch us on Twitter at CrappyAnimeSD. And uh, how was your week, guys? How was the anime? You know, I'm not sure what to do about magical destroyers. I'm not gonna lie; it's it's very confusing to me. Man, it's too good for you. It's something. Don't don't you fucking say okay. I mean, it's not too good, but like, I, it's one of the. I, this is my version of like pseudo intellectual because oh. I feel like there's something more to the show that I have to dig deep to get, but I'm not coming up with anything great. You know I, I mean? haven't found anything like that yet. To me, it's just the the normal garbage. Um, but you know. Uh, what was that one anime about the magical girls that was actually really good? And I can't remember what it's called Madoka now. Madoka Magica? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that one. Oh, really? That uh, was it? Oh, my God. Yeah. Dude, I mean, Madoka's Jeez. actually like a good one. You no, know? I just um, meant that you always remember that show name. So for you to struggle on that is like, it's like pulling a J where he goes, what's that thing? And then we all forget. <laughs> I forget the name of something very obviously. Yeah. Hey, what's that? What's that Mexican food where you like wrap it in like a tortilla and you put like meats in it? I don't remember. Something it. And like we're all a stuck on it. It's just tacos. But none of us <laughs> oh, remember tacos. No. But like, that's the rule, though. If I forget it, everyone forgets it. It's a rule. Uh, anyway, so, so go ahead. Talk about you, know, you're, you were you were saying about magical girl. Madoka okay. So well, yeah, we'll ju- we'll just go straight into that. So basically, right. I feel like the first episode of Magical Destroyers is basically just just forget about it because I don't know what the fuck was happening. The the only way I can possibly describe the first episode of Magical Destroyers is schizophrenic. Not to be a little <laughs> bit ableist again, but goddamn. <laughs> I I swear to god like this was AI generated. Not a single line that is spoken connects to another single line. Everything <laughs> that everyone says is completely in its own fucking universe. Everything that I see and hear makes no sense, has no connection to anything else. We're supposed to be, this is supposed to be a story about a government oppressing all the otakus. And within 15 seconds, I have no idea what this show thinks an otaku is. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we really like need anyone. to. Yeah, we really like, need uh, to nail down the definition here because they keep describing them as like the worst of the worst. 
But then they'll go in and they'll just pull all manga, all video games, like all digital entertainment. And I'm like, why are all of those otaku things? First of all, you said you were going to take down otakus, not what they watch. Yeah. And then more importantly, like half of the shit is like so hypersexual that I'm like, is do you think that having sex is otaku? Is that do you think that? Like, why uh, one of the magical girls, one of the principal characters is repeatedly referred to as a horny ass bitch mm-hmm, or yeah, a horny yeah. psycho That's witch or whatever the fuck. And like, it, it's a it's a very apt description. That's exactly what she is. But what does that have to do with being an otaku? Yeah, she just she just is horny all the time. But that has nothing to do with being an otaku. Why She's is she in- on this side? Well, I mean, really, you got to, you know, see it through a new lens. Uh, what is so uh, otaku about her is it's that's just, you know, a man's vision of a woman as an otaku. You I, know? I guess. But like I, this I feel like this hypersexualized girl. What I feel like they were trying to go for is that she's really into like super off the wall BDSM stuff. And that yeah. she's an otaku because in this case, otaku just means like counterculture person not considered normal. But then, like, later on, people who like cars are otakus now. And I'm like, all right, motherfucker. There's <laughs> there's a lot more to liking cars than being an outcast of society, okay? I get it. Well, it's yeah, Japan. Like it's cars. a walkable city. Throw it in my face, why don't you? But people still <laughs> like cars, okay? I, I think also... it's like cars and are willing to put stickers of boobies on them. Yeah, the stickers I get, like... Cringe mobile man, cringe mobile driver guy. I get why he's an otaku. His his fucking car is covered in anime decals, and they call it the cringe mobile. <laughs> I get it, but like the <laughs> other people who are just into cars, what? And then later on, even later on, there's a guy who likes putting together model Gundams, and he's not an otaku. He's an yes. ex otaku. I I think what that is the for fucking sure. rationale there? That for sure, I think, is the reason why I know this is just a bad anime and that our artist is actually just a shitter, is that his bad guys aren't, like, actually normal people that he is going to show us are evil over time. They are just evil people that also are really into, like, anime-type things. It's almost like the the classic, you know, the the greatest homophobes are those that are actually gay and they're just, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, trying yeah. to oppress other gay people to, like, get out of it. It, it's because the, they do it's that the projection thing. Yeah, yeah, thank this, you, projection. This, yeah. this this fucking show does feel like maximum projection. Yeah, on both, like literally on both sides, because everyone is an otaku. Like they're yeah. trying to normalize being an otaku. They're trying to they're trying weird. to other being normal <laughs> being <laughs> yeah. to the point where, like when everyone's an otaku, nobody is. And uh, literally, we do not see a single human character in this entire show who is not an otaku or a literal copy-pasted NPC. So, like, again, if you just absorb everything under the umbrella of otaku, suddenly they don't even have villains. There are no villains in the show. As far as I I know, there's not even an evil mastermind. It's just, like, the government did a thing one day, and a bunch of copy-pasted NPC people with the exact same uwu kawaii mask are coming to oppress us. But why do they have the Uwu Kawaii mask? Isn't that otaku too? I don't understand. It absolutely is. I do not know why the government people are made to look cute. It's very strange. I thought it was a really bold choice to also drop us in that odd phase of like what felt like there was a season one. And I get that like these characters (laughs) can have a backstory, but it felt like we should have had a season one and now they're reuniting for season two. But all we get is they're reuniting and no actual backstory, basically. <laughs> well, we get and, like, some this backstory. Is, like, yeah, and the but like, this is the only worse. time where I agree with a comment that's like, it drops <laughs> you in the middle of nowhere. Now, it really does. It really is just like, we're going to show you bits and pieces. Just imagine this happened, but again, but before. And I was like, okay, but yeah. I, I, I don't know. Why, why bother having the reuniting? Why not just start with what you said already happened? I don't. What's the difference? That's what I don't get. Like, why are you like, oh, we actually did. We won back Akihabara, but we're not going to show you that. We'll show you when we separated and now we're coming back together. 
It what? begs the question of why they fell apart and how, as soon as they fell apart, the government didn't just immediately win. Well, it, yeah, it also so, begs the question of why it's destroyed still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, who destroyed it? It doesn't seem like they destroyed it. Well, no, they showed see- they showed Akihabara getting blown up to bits by the government. Well, I know, but they blew it up in the war. That, that's what I mean. Like, so it's one of those things where they, they're like, "Oh, we reclaimed Akihabara." Yeah, no, they, like all they did was reclaim the rubble that was rubble. Akihabara. I, yeah, how did you didn't reclaim shit? It's very, it's very reminiscent of of Rumpus Grumpus when they like go underground and they have all those otaku places yeah. like underneath the ground. Like it's that only it's all above ground. It is just Rumpus yeah. Grumpus again. Although I will say. So comparing it to Rumpus Grumpus makes a lot of sense, and there's just a lot in common. Mainly, the main character is a piece of shit, uh, treats women like garbage, but he has a harem for no particular reason. Uh, They are obsessed with Akihabara and the production and also the consumption of product that they themselves do not make. They sort of fix that a little bit. At least in this, it's pretty clear that the people who are in the revolution group like set up stands and resell like the shit that they had, but it's the same problem as before. Which is, guys, I, I need to, I can't stress it enough. Consuming products is not a personality trait. Yeah, oh, they live by that one yep. in this one yeah. too. You really yep. need to fucking figure that out at some point, because you you guys are like, oh man, they're oppressing my culture, but you don't make that culture at all. You just consume it. So when you reclaim Akihabara, they don't make the shit anymore. They can't make anime. They can't make manga. They don't yeah, make their entire the little culture's statues. Gone now. It's, it's their entire of... culture was destroyed instantly. Like the, the the government didn't need to come in and oppress you because in reality, you didn't make this shit. If they decided that it was outlawed, you were you were fucking shit out of luck because yeah. it's never gonna be made again. Yeah, this you can't isn't, do anything. This isn't like prohibition where then you had like bootleggers. No one's making this content anymore. Like it would be one thing well, you if could. you had like no, but, <laughs> but no they right, don't. but they don't. Right, exactly. Like, it would be one thing if you showed me like an underground like manga bootleggers and that was sort of what the show was about. Then you're taking on a new aspect and at least kind of taking me to a place I haven't been before. But yeah, you're right. They're basically like, "All right, all this art's destroyed and is illegal and no one's going to make it." And you're like, "Yeah, but we have it again." Okay? I mean, but that's it. That's all you have. You just have it, and if it ever goes away, that's it. It'd be like yeah. someone in, like, America. Like, it's kind of related to, like, you know, people that – very highfalutin people that, like, chase art. Like, you know, like, oh, this is an original Picasso. It's like if someone, like, tried to blow up the Louvre, and then you reclaim the Louvre, and, like, you have those art pieces. But it's like, okay, but you still just have something you never made. Like, it doesn't really matter. You can't get yeah. more of it. It would you be just... like if they if they sat in the rubble of the Louvre, yeah, playing yeah. with like yes. the fucking the the <laughs> gift <laughs> shop version yeah. of the Mona yeah. Lisa. Yeah, like, yeah. What are you doing, man? It's not anything. You, <laughs> yeah, have, you have nothing. Like, yeah, I I I, I genuinely. This isn't confused. monuments, men. You're just yeah. a bunch of fucking consumers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh damn! Now, now you're taking me back to a movie I actually really liked. Monuments, don't do man. that. Yeah, it was we're gonna good. we're gonna yeah, take back Monuments consumerism. Man. Yeah. But uh, so this is all the first episode. But one thing I want to say is that like I'm a little torn on this show because for everything that I hate about it, I, I feel like I'm getting rent a girlfriended again. Where yeah. I feel like if I dig down deep into this, there's some there's some like deeper layer that we're trying to engage with, and a lot of it has to do with the incredibly hypersexual nature of it and the incredibly hyper broad like amount of otaku so the thing is is that especially when you go back to rumpus grumpus there was always a bad guy and the bad guy had like an intent and a motive there is no bad guy in this show there is no overarching government narrative that's just not your shit's gone now that's it yeah yeah, and it's you're just, fighting it's a just, war to keep it around. Yeah, it's just sort of television screen guy saying we don't want to export otaku culture, so we blew it all up, and right. you're and you're still around, and we're gonna fight you anyway. But there's really no need because we've basically destroyed everything. So yeah. even if you were to take it back, if no one creates more, then it doesn't matter. Like I've, you've said it back enough. The bad guy has done the job. 
like in the first episode after the war. Like there's nothing more that needs to be done, but you keep panning back to television screen guy going, oh, if those magical girls get together, oh, they could beat us again. At what? You literally blew up Akihabara. Yeah. What else? You blew is there up Akihabara. They can't make any more. And more importantly, like they're having underground sex club concerts now. Like the, the <laughs> oh. otaku culture is gone. <laughs> but yeah. um, yeah. The the one thing I want to point out is that this is this really tries to skirt the line of power fantasy for the main character because the main character never really actually does or gets no, anything. He's not actually good at fighting or anything. No, it, and he's. It's, it's not like Rumpus Grumpus where, you know, the main character was like the secret to the solution to the problem, you yeah. know? And so far, it's not even like, um, I don't remember the show, but it's like, will you please go out? It was uh, back in the day when I used to watch way too many harem animes. There was one mm -hmm. basically where this guy was a weakling, but he was like a super smart tactical genius. And so when they had it like their school, they had like these mock battles. Like that was his thing. Otaku mm -hmm. here doesn't even do that. He just goes, yeah. And everyone goes, yeah. And then that's it. That's all he ever does. He's, He's basically like, just the, the fuck toy to three magical girl cosplayers. And, but, and that's the other thing that we have to talk about because these characters, the magical girls are extremely different. These are not bog standard, like eye candy, whatever, like a head empty waifu material. They are extraordinarily unique characters. They're still fucking weird and awkward and creepy as shit. But there's a there's a weird kind of sexual agency to them that normally doesn't exist. Say more. I'm not on board yet. So like, um, we'll we'll talk first about Anarchy, who has the least going on. And this is also really just predicates on me ignoring episode one, because episode one, Anarchy does things that she never does again, ever. Yep. She so she far, basically least, yeah. walks up to main character hero and says, I'm I'm a crying, sobbing mess. I can't be the leader. You have to be the leader. And he says, no, I'm not the leader. In all the animes, they always say that they're the leader or that they don't want to be the leader and then be the leader anyway, and I'm not going to be the leader. You should be the leader. And then she goes down a flight of steps, tells everyone that they should fight back, which they were presumably already going to do. They say, yeah. And then she runs back up the stairs screaming and crying again and says, I can't be the leader. You have to be the leader. And he says, okay, I am the leader. I had no fucking clue what the hell was going on in episode well, one with I th that. I think it's like, so, okay. Schizophrenic again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really disagree with that part of this. But, like, the character set, I think, is trying to... What I think they're aiming for is that anarchy is the shitty version of anarchy, first off, where everything is crazy all the time. They're just there for, like, chaos. Right, yeah. Um, and she's like, well, if you're not going to lead, then I'll try. And it immediately fails because she's, like, basically a coward. Um, I guess. I don't know. I think that's how they're portraying her. She's literally I, hiding what people are fighting. That's clearly how they portray her in episode one, but she does not act like that in any other episode. Agreed. So, like, this is, again, like, I'm just I'm just saying that, like, take episode one, throw it in the trash, ignore it. Because after that, their characters, all of them, because we, ha we didn't meet the other two yet, get a little bit more interesting. Anarchy has more to do, and she has more things, especially in her interactions with the other two, she actually ends up becoming the backbone leader of the other two magical girls because she's the one who actually wants to fight for like individual freedom. And she's always the one to start the chant of like, I want to recreate the world where people are allowed to like things. I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to mean or why that has anything well, was, to do with otakus. Create a world where people are allowed to like what they like. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, not even just like things, but like what they like. Which has some small connection to actual concepts of, like, extreme individualist anarchy. So it, it makes a little bit more sense that way. But we also meet Blue, the other magical girl, who is just a one. BDSM fetishist. She's, and that's, so she's like a cookie cutter. She's, yeah. she's sort of similar <clears throat> in, in worse ways. To that one, uh, what the aqua one ant from, yeah, the aqua, yeah. um, yeah. I mean, like, just every single thing, any external stimuli turns blue Was on. It aqua, 
or was it the was it the paladin? I think it might have been the paladin. I don't know. It's the one that's the tank from. Yeah, yeah, the tank, the the paladin, yeah. yellow hair girl. I don't remember her name. Yeah, from, I don't um, know what her name is, but from Konosuba, yeah, yeah, I'm sure she has a name. But like, this is the worst version, and that's already assuming that the one in Konosuba is good, and that's not. The I case. mean, Konosuba is funny. I've it's never not, really watched it. I've seen bits and pieces. It's genuinely it, funny. Like huh, it has okay. good comedic timing. It's not like the greatest show of all time. It's just in a in a fucking genre in a medium where comedy is some of the worst thing you can see. It's good comedy. Darkness. But like it's not like some kind of incredibly deep and super good joke. It's not. It's just it's just haha. The 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 paladin heel slut is also a masochist because she's the tank. And I'm like, okay, that's that makes sense. It's not just a joke. It actually makes sense as like a joke character, which oh, again it makes is, sense as a joke character. Agree yeah, with it, that. which is more than I can say for ninety percent of joke characters in anime. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, but I... like, again, like going back to this, her the blue, who is again a, a huge masochist and a BDSM fetishist has a weird kind of sexual agency over herself because the the like masochism that is inflicted from the outside never takes like her control away. She likes getting hurt, I get that, but unlike Konosuba, it's not like a played for laughs kind of, oh wow, she she got gripped by the monster again, she's going to come. It's more like a no, I like this, I'm going to keep fighting thing. I don't know, man. I feel like at every turn she's. And then the weirdest one thing. of all is Pink, which I can't believe the one named Anarchy isn't the one with the gas mask on there. Yeah, head. that was a little strange. I mean, I get that they played off Anarchy with like the punk vibe and the flipping off people and the cursing, but it kind of does seem weird that you could basically you could call either one of them Anarchy and no one would argue with you. You really yeah, could. Yeah, she's all. the most interesting one because she's supposed to be like this inverted idol where she's an idol for like drug heavy drug using sex clubs and that's very clearly what it is yeah yeah agreed her her we in episode three right was it three where they go in no that it's is two. hers no, no, no two it was when they go inside her brain that was oh you're right that was two. yeah it was two when they go inside her brain her yeah. brain is very like vaginal everything is pink gooey fleshy and she is her entire character design is like hyper focused on penetration and injection <laughs> that is true yeah that is probably the one thing that i think you can drill the most down into because as far as like design and execution of that character mm. there's it just feels like there's something more to be understood there so the main character is one dimensional BDSM girl is like a maybe two dimensional, but pink is interesting. Well, pink also her transformation sequence is also, I will say kind of interesting because she goes from being the idol kind of lolly character to, she actually dresses down when she yeah. transforms, which is, I don't, I'm not saying that that is anything, but it did raise like an eyebrow where I was like, okay, am I being told something? Am I supposed to be watching something here? Like, right. why would she dress down? Uh, so, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that yet. To to drill down a little bit more into what I think is like trying to bait me here. Um, obviously, visually, this is extremely well animated. I don't think anyone can deny that. Almost I do over agree. animated I, at times, but like there's, when it's there's it, a fair amount that's creative in this too. Yeah, the style creative of too. Like and but unfortunately, it's packed a lot into the opening and ending sequences, which I yeah. find very annoying. But like they are very well put together. It, to a disturbing degree. Also, the music in this is actually pretty good. But I don't care. Because it's pretty much in service of nothing. No, I mean, I know what to put here. It's like an eight. No, I, I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the, the thing that I would really want to drill down into is that there's a lot of comparisons being made to Kill a Kill and Fooly Cooly. And I think that there is good reason for that. One is, if you've ever seen Kill a Kill... The point of Kill a Kill is it's over the topness is basically being used as a mask for its more intelligent characters and story. Again, I will never say that Kill a Kill has an intelligent story. It is 
bare bones, over the top trigger nonsense to a T. But one of the things that trigger always tries to do and occasionally achieves is to bring a kind of like insane humanity to their characters by making them feel like real people who just did a lot of cocaine. And I, I start to get that from this. And it, and it brings me back to the, like the BDSM girl. It feels like it's just an extremely blown up person, but it's a person that feels a little bit more real and more like uh, fleshed out than most anime women in anime. Because I, I don't know, something about it doesn't feel like eye candy to me. Probably because she spends so much time BDSMing, but in her own clothes. You know what I mean? Like, it's never one of those you get beat up and your clothes come off deals. It's just like a joke kind of deal. I don't know. Or maybe it's the fact that she finds the fucking magic wand in the pile and then uses it as an actual massager. Yeah. That was, I, that was at least a kind of funny joke. I, at the I very least, I, just, I know the person who wrote this does know what that is. Which, that again, is true. more than I can say for most anime people. I so I'm more willing to see the comparison to Kill La Kill than I am to Fully Cooly. I well, really yeah. don't understand the comparison to Fully Cooly. For sure, because like uh, Fully Cooly has a a pretty direct like it takes you <clears throat> like five minutes of Fully Cooly to be like, oh, there's a meta narrative. This thing is yeah, trying to tell me that's something. That's very true. The meta narrative of Fully Cooly is very on the nose because it's very much just a coming of age story about puberty, specifically yeah. male puberty, and. All of the visual gags are dealing with male puberty, a.k.a. the giant thing that pops out of his head like an erection. Right, right. Wait, what? I mean, the, the, the extraordinarily yeah. very phallic thing that pops <laughs> no, out I of know. his fucking head. Yeah, please. I I've, like, there are anime fans out here who don't understand that. I swear to God. <laughs> that is true. I do have to explain this shit sometimes. Also, did you notice that there's like a bunch of Pop Team Epic references? Wait, no, I did not. In the opening and ending credits, there there are pop team epic references. Oh shit. See, that makes me There are also God Evangelion like references. It's a very referential anime. Well, that doesn't surprise me a ton. Like the knowing that we what we know about this artist being like obsessed with the anime community. Uh, but I guess that's true for a lot of artists and you don't always see those referential things. Yeah. So, all right. I mean, <clears throat> I'm the good thing is Without even talking about the other anime, this, you know, Magical Destroyer is going to move on. Like, let's just be honest. With oh, no. Yeah, it 100% is because so the, the bar is as low as can go. But I do think there is, like, I do want to see more of this. And one, it does have actual funny moments and weird and crazy moments in it that are, like, worth talking about. Which, again, is more than you can say for most of the things we watch. But, yeah, I'll be interested to see what kinds of other things that it tries to do. Because I, I have a feeling that it has something that it's going for that it just hasn't tried to really do yet. And it's hidden under too many layers of, like, trigger shit. I don't know. I mean, maybe it is. I, I'm willing to, like, hear the argument there's, there's also but... like There's also a lot of, like, intentional badness in this show. Like, when they when they went to fight in episode three, the bad guy who, who like, makes the, makes the models. And they do every single transformation girl sequence in a row. Oh my god, yes. Jesus. <laughs> like, that was that like a is, minute. That is very intentionally bad. Nobody's that dumb. <laughs> that they're I like, can't believe they did it. Alright, well they all transformed off screen. Better play each one in succession. Oh my god. I, I saw that happening and I was like, oh good. I don't have to watch this part. Like, yeah, and like there's a t <laughs> the attack on Titan and Evangelion references when he makes the he makes the big robot for himself, but then he gets capsule inserted into its ass. Yeah, I mean, that part, like, is clearly, like, again, that's sort of, like, a funny bit, given that you understand the, like, anime community, um, or I guess not even the anime community, more like anime itself. Also, like, how he flies around by farting. Like, yeah, I, it's just, yeah, like, undercutting all of, of it. It's, yeah. it's just, like, it, too much of it is so very intentionally like that. I just, I have to believe that there's something to this. I don't think that I'm ever going to get it, probably. And maybe just too much of the referential shit is going over my head. But goddamn, I, I, I don't get it 90% of the time. I, I, yeah. there's, there's a comment on this I, I want to say that actually kind of vindicates this. Um, 
some people are so deeply psychoanalyzing the, the opening and ending thing that they're like, the theory is that Otaku Hero is dead and this is like his fever dream. Oh, Jesus. We're going like full Pokemon. We're, yeah, we're going full Pokemon. Like, because again, like it's so, it's so, um, Oh, what? There's one sequence where they're all like laying on a beach in in a circle, and it's exactly like Paranoia Agent. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why is it like this? But yeah, uh, as far as other like funny moments that are just on their own worth watching, uh, the the magic the magic wand moment is actually just genuinely funny. I think. Uh, Wait, when, which one? Where, where Blue the is just Hitachi walking wand. around. Yeah, they they find a Hitachi oh, magic oh, wand yeah, in the fucking yeah. rubble. And of course, the 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 sex lady picks it up, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, no, please!" And she just starts using it as an actual massager on her shoulder. She's like, "Oh yeah, that's the shit." I'm like, yeah. "All right, yeah, personal massager, right? Whatever you say." Um, there were okay, there were some things that I enjoyed about the first episode that I didn't like. Okay, I enjoyed as a bad anime, and we kind of glossed over them. They have a D Day out of a blimp, which I they wasn't do. ready for. Um, and it like is a full on, like, no, we are invading people will like some of you will die scenario, which is unexpected. Um, the bear puking within his own mask and being forced to keep it inside of his, his mask with him was, uh, satisfying, I guess is what I'll say. Um, do any of you catch the line where pink is like, you almost got me pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Again, what the fuck like, was well, that? That was episode one. Well, no, that too, was wasn't anarchy. It? it was episode. Yeah, that, that was episode one. Again, oh, I, I don't, don't want to talk yeah. about episode one. Yeah. I feel like episode one was that bad on purpose as like some sort of <laughs> shield to make people not watch it. Because I don't know what the fuck was going on in episode one. And I have never hated something more than when I watched <laughs> that. that. That was like genuinely infuriating. She also know. has the ability to like magic away cages and then also spontaneously create merch by the way so did you guys catch that no like the, at the very end of episode one she can use her wand and then not the hitachi wand her anarchy mm-hmm. wand <clears throat> and then all the cages people are trapped in are gone oh, and then yeah. suddenly merch yeah. just appears everywhere yeah, it was weird. I don't so know. is she able to I just thought, make i thought merch? the merch was dumped from the blimp I That's what I was, was assuming, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't. I, I remember the scene, but I don't know. Um, I thought the weirdest, and I don't know how to talk about this for a little bit more, but um, so they each have a dream uh, of what they want when they defeat the SSC, right? Yes, um, yes. So, Anarchy's dream. So, I'm going to go through them one by one and just kind of talk about what in the world it means. So, Anarchy's dream is the most confusing to me. Because she wants to, she wants to return to being a normal girl, um, mm-hmm. but it's shown that all three of them are like shipped in a box. So I'm not really sure what they actually yeah. are, and what that. I mean, they do ask her like, "What does it mean to be normal?" I guess, but she specifically says, "Return to being a normal girl." But they were they were found in a box as like basically Barbie dolls. Uh, and I don't really know what that means. Uh, so, I don't understand that yeah. either. Um, I think that it's just another one of those like intentionally bad, supposed to be tongue in cheek things going on. I guess. Um, but, but see, this is the thing because I, I I kind of agree with you, Jay, but I kind of agree with Ethan. Like, I feel like this could go either way. Oh, it can go either way. Yeah, and I just. I, but don't I think know where the only thing going. I know for sure is that it's going to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, Pink's dream is to work in a maid cafe, so that's kind of boring. Uh, but Blue's dream is to yeah, see, a the, weird one there. see the band New Order in concert. And so I had to look them up while you guys were talking. And they are the, the if, you, if you've ever heard of the band Joy Division, uh, whenever they yes. disbanded, then they reformed as New Order. And one of their most popular songs, I guess, is Blue Monday. But I don't really... Blue Monday? They yeah, did a Blue... cover of Blue Monday? I don't know. They did a cover. or They're the original. They They made it in, like, 1983. So... Wait, like, really? Yeah, Blue Monday. Oh, they're the ones who did it? Mate, okay. Possibly. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> so I don't really know what that's about either. I don't really I genuinely don't understand. Maybe he's just maybe just the mangaka is a a fan of New Order? I don't I don't know. Um, I guess. So but so their dreams are kind of weird. And then um I guess uh nobody even mentioned the fact that uh Pink 
talks in a in a verbal tick where all she says is gobo. Uh, oh my endlessly god. And endlessly and endlessly. Oh yeah, my that's god. That's not funny. So yeah. annoying. So, oh, okay. I, so New Order's the one who wrote Blue Monday. All right. I just I, Yeah, that's what I, I wasn't I, understanding that. Yeah. That just seems weird. Okay. Why would, well, do they tour? They, I mean, they're from 1983. I don't even know if they're still together now. I just know that after Joy Division dis- disbanded, they they formed New Order. So Interesting. Yeah. Um so well, there you good. go. I mean, the first the first comment on YouTube is I used to exercise and breakdance with this song in the '80s. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So there you go. Um, anyway, I just thought that was a strange dream. Uh, and yeah. then I guess other other weird points. Uh, well, we got to talk about the immortal, the god, the man among men. Oh my god! Cringe mobile driver guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a part of quote the cringe mobile convoy. Yeah, he is yeah. a fucking awesome dude. <laughs> cringe mobile is truly the most perfect description of that car. Yeah, I like that they call it that too. It was like some it, fucking Nissan Skyline with a fucking neon blue paint job, and just I, I think it was Ray from fucking uh, whatever it's called Evangelion. Yeah, Evangelion. And I was like, God damn, dude, fuck you. And it, yeah, cringe mobile, hundred percent. And but he looks like a guy. He he looks exactly like a character from the racing anime we all like. Whatever it's called. Whatever yeah, come on. Called? You all what? forgot it. Oh, whatever no. it's called. Oh god, you said that we were supposed to know and, and then I forgot it. You all um, forgot it. Uh, Tokyo not Tokyo Drift. No, no, no. Shit. Um, it's Can the you do downhill it? Can you thing. Do it? Come on, it's initial D, guys. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, we did it. I sucked it right out of his brain, though. <laughs> he did. I got one. Yeah, yeah. He looks like a character right out of initial D. Yeah, sure. And absolutely. that again, a hundred percent a reference. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he drives car. a cringy car instead of a cool car, and uh, because the main bad guy of episode three is a guy who used to like cars. But now pilots uh, an Attack on Titan Gundam mech from its asshole. Uh, he decides he's going to try to bring him back to the side of the light by referencing the fact that he drives to not hurt the other cars because he likes cars. Yep. And yeah. then he gets murdered by his boss, a girl who dresses up like, like a princess or something, like a maid. Yeah. And she's also kind of an otaku, so again, it doesn't make sense no. that the boss of the anti-otaku people dresses like a cosplayer. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when she kills the guy who drove cars, uh, cringe mobile driver guy takes his severed head, puts it in the front seat of his cringe mobile, drives into <laughs> the main oh, uh, bad guy lady who killed scene. him. Drives off of a ramp and then randomly explodes for no reason in a giant fart cloud, which then superimposes his face and spirit, giving a thumbs so up as he goes to heaven. Incredible. But before stuff. that, he looks incredible over at the head stuff. of the guy of the main bad guy and says, "Cool with you, partner." And yeah, cool. He's got a co-pilot. Such a, a severed uh, head. What a scene, man. <laughs> See, this is why okay. I don't know if this is meant to be good or not. Like, I really, I don't know. Well, that, that scene and, is pretty goddamn fantastic. I will tell yes. you that. And like the the other thing that I wanted to talk about, where I get confused at, like, are you are you doing this on purpose or an accident? So like, they're the anti anime SSC, whatever they are. Like the the supposedly the big bad government force that wants to kill all otaku's, but they have a magical girl, and they call their commanders the four heavenly kings. And they're basically like living out an anime in a world where they want to get rid of anime. I think the Heavenly anime. Kings thing is just another in- reference. Well, no, I, be, I understand yeah. that it's a reference, but one of the one of the main bad guy like used that said, "I'm one of the Heavenly Kings." Like I understand that, <laughs> but, but it, I don't it's think happening. that there's actually any Heavenly Kings. I, well, that's what I want to find out. We don't know, like because I, yeah. he said it as an ex-Utaku, so maybe it was just something he said. But if the next yeah. character says, "I'm the second of the four <laughs> Heavenly Kings." I don't know, man. I feel like I don't know. It's just it's just like one of those things where if it if it's the case, did you just make a bad guy that is so unaware that he's just becoming like the bad guy in an anime while trying to defeat anime? Is that the point you're trying to make? You know, is that you you you're becoming what you hate most, which is just yeah. an anime? I don't know. I or is it just 
bad writing or is it just a reference? I, I don't know what it is. And it'll be kind of fun mm-hmm. to find out. It's something, man. <laughs> but uh, do we want to do the other one now? Yeah, or is there we anything have else we want to talk about? No, we got to talk <laughs> we about We do, it. unfortunately, have to. <laughs> Ethan, this is your problem. Well, technically, which is uh, hilarious this is, because. Te- yeah, yeah, technically, this was your problem, Jay. You took over. No, Ethan's. no, 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 you no. Did. It's his I, problem it's now. Good thing that Jay I found the good one. I stole the good one from Ethan, and now he has to talk about <laughs> the other one. I'm ready. No, it's okay. I, I can talk about the other one, too. I do, wait, wait. Before you start, I do think it's funny because this is, if I remember correctly, the one that Mike wanted me to pick. And it then was, I was yes. like, and I'm not doing this. Yeah, I was like, I'm not going <laughs> to take this shit. And then you took it. It's, um, it's, it's like a game of hot potato, but I keep st- intercepting the potato. <laughs> yeah, you never win, <laughs> Ethan. It's a game of hot potato, but it's I really stole just the potato the and, and then lost. on both sides. Man throws football, catches it himself. Uh, Jay Who is just Dennis receiver? from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and you're D, where you go, here's an idea, and Jay goes, no. But here's an idea, and it's just the same thing you <laughs> It's the said, same idea. Only we all agree but with it But it is now. still bad. <laughs> you didn't think of the smell, you bitch. <laughs> so, okay, I actually can cover this one pretty reasonably, and then I'll kind of let Jay take over. Um, all right. So, personally, one and two is good. Have you ever wanted Three to fuck a little shit. girl? No? Turn it off. Yeah, yeah. Turn it off. Dude. Yeah, this is... Uh, so... Uh, I don't like ancient uh, ancient Magus Bride, um, and nobody is, should. But there are things about it that are not just like explicitly pedophilia or explicitly. Actually, to be fair, I don't think the chick in there is actually a child. No, she's just a um, slave. Yeah, she starts as a slave. We and really she puts just need to make it a slavery. child slave this time. Yeah. Yeah. So just like ancient, we're gonna ancient, like, we're, ancient Magus Bride is like sort of on drugs. These other ones like tune all that down, but. There was an episode yeah. of Ancient Magus that like actually creeped me out when she was like standing in a field in this like double wolf thing. I don't know, just go to who who are you? What are you? Like just started repeating <laughs> yeah. the same phrase over and over in a creepy voice as it charged her and she just stood there frozen. I was like, what the frick am I watching? This is not yeah. the rest of the air. What the hell is happening? See, I, I don't like Ancient Magus, Brian. Yeah, I don't like it at all. Someone... I just watched it and saw that and I was like, I what? See, like, you, at think least you might someone be familiar like, with the fact that we watch a lot of things we don't like here. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. Um, but anyway, so I okay. The reason why I was Mike and I have been this, doing it for years. <laughs> the reason why uh, I brought it up is to say that at least in that one, like, it starts off weird, and it is still weird, but it's weird in like a "what are you writing? Are you high?" kind of way, not a "oh, so we're just fucking the slaves," which is a wonderful trend that we're doing in anime overall. And then we had the one last season. What was that fucking called? Tale of the, Outcats. <laughs> right, Tale of Outcats, where you're like, oh, okay, so like this is not sexual, but like it pretty readily could be sexual. It's more just this man is taking care of a child because of reasons. Uh, kind of weird, but all right. And then you have this one, which is full on uh, a man is taking care of a child. Also, he wants to fuck the child. Um, and the thing is, we're not given any reason to believe that she isn't a literal child. And he is also a demon king that has presumably been around for a very long time. So yep. this isn't one of those scenarios where you can be like, well, he's actually just a teenager. They draw him while he's in human form to look younger than he is. And I'm sure that someone will say it's because of, you know, his, you know, forever life or some bullshit because of demons, you know? Oh my God, producer, stop. I'm going to die. <laughs> My See you, hurts. Space Stop. Cowboy, but it's the fucking cringe mobile driver guy. <laughs> so good. These are so good. Um, so there's that to start with. And then you're also told that this little girl was raised from birth to be the, like, sacrifice, like, scapegoat. Like, <laughs> literal sacrifice, too. Literal. The intent was for her to be eaten. Yeah, which is, like, a fucked thing that I, I did enjoy that it was included because I was like, oh, yeah, fuck these people. Like, you know, her parents suck. But I, it's, I again, it's the idea of They're nothing. like, nah, we're going to call an audible. We're going to rent a child just for the purpose of giving that one up. <laughs> what man, what that the is fuck, like, man? I mean, that's, like, the shit you would see billionaires do in our world where it's like, yeah. uh, everyone has to be a part of the draft. And they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then they Elon just, like, starts rent. St- sending his own kids on, like, his Mars trips. Because no one will sign up for it. He's just like, ah, it's fine. I can make more. <laughs> um, so anyway, episodes one and two, I think, are actually good. Episode th- or not good. Sorry, like they're they're good for the pod. That is at least somewhat. Episode three is just terrible. 
Like there's yeah. there's nothing going on in it that is like fun to make fun of. Um, and I get the feeling that's what we're going to see more of because it's like all right. So broad broad sweeping stuff. Episode one, they introduce the girl. She's not afraid of the you know the demon king, and because of that, like and because of a coup attempt on the king's life, she is spared and is made her his queen, despite the fact that she is like probably prepubescent. Okay, like, so I just wanted to I'll clear this up now. According to great. multiple wiki sources, she's, she's three hundred years old. No, no, she's fifteen. So she um, is even by she, Japanese standards. Yeah. Still underage. No, well, that's not old, underage by Japanese standards. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if they cutoff, changed it to 16 it? yet. Yep. No, it used to be 13. Um, I don't, they were working on changing that. Don't know if that went through yet. I um, thought it was still 13. I no, I well, I thought well, I thought I read an article that said they were working on changing. They were it to like 16. It, yeah. yeah, so. Um, yeah, there you yeah, go. they're trying but to anyway, raise it to 16. Yeah, they, they they put forth a bill to make it 16, uh, and according to a couple wikis. Uh, what's his face is in like his mid twenties ish. Yeah, so. they make him look young, but like it doesn't matter. No, no, it doesn't matter. I just old, wanted yeah. to, I just wanted to put that out there for what it was. Still, absolutely wrong and stupid. But there yeah. you go. So that just so you know, everyone knows. For, so this know. anime has finally like, and I, I kind of put. I think I put this in the chat while I was watching. Oh this. wow! It, only only a couple. Two months ago, almost to the day, they yeah. raised it from 13 to 16. Yeah, Anime really put on well. Suicide Watch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, this this, this anime, anime is now legally about abuse. Th- this anime distilled for me the like this motif we have of older men taking care of a, to them, sexually attractive young girl. And it's like, <clears throat> you have to just square the fact that whoever's making this wants a mentally not fit for like adulthood young woman who is actually an adult that needs to be taken care of but you also find her sexually attractive so you either you are seeking a woman that is like mentally you know handicapped in some form or function because she is of age but does not act her age or you have the exact opposite is you have a girl who acts above her age, and you need to pretend that you're taking care of her as an adult, but it's actually a sexual attraction thing. So you either view women implicitly, like grown women implicitly, as if they are children that need to be cared for, or cared for, or you view, view young girls as sexual objects that you want to take care of, and you like are justifying it's okay because they're really smart, uh, and they're like above their age by like mentally, you know, soundness. There's no like. There's no other way to read it, and like, it, like you can choose. You know, it's your call. Uh, you know, whoever made this fucking manga, your call. Which one you want it to be? But it can't be anything else other than that to me well, at this point. Speaking of trying to have their cake and eat it too, has anyone else noticed that this woman literally changes sizes every single frame she's in? I, I did not. Oh my god! I swear to God, half the time when she's getting picked up by the big by the big man. Uh, she's barely bigger than his hand. And then Amazing. later, when she'll be sitting in his tail, she's the size of his entire torso. Yeah, it's the, the frame. She grows feet is never, in difference. Never correct. Yeah. No. There's like a scene where he like puts his whole, his just his fingernails around her whole face. You're like, ah, so he's like huge. And then the next scene, she's like as big as like, like you know. You know, when they're walking big. down the street, yeah, she's halfway up his body. Yeah, she's like he's like maybe seven feet high, and she's like maybe five feet high. Yeah, and then well, he picks her up, and she's the size of his hand. Yeah, like when 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 he like walks out to his coordination, not his coordination, but his like party, and she's like sitting in his hand like a, like you would a baby. She looks yeah. the size of a baby, and it's like what the. What is and then happening? when she's sitting down next to him at court. Yeah. Yeah. She's basically she his looked, height. Yeah. It's, it doesn't make any sense. I did I did notice that, Jay. I got your back. Yeah. It's yeah, fucking I did not bonkers, notice that. Man. I mean, maybe it's just that she has like a magic power where she scales up or down depending on whether cops are looking and she needs to appear older than she is, you know? Maybe she's got like a superpower to just seem 18. Mm-hmm. Or I guess in this case 15 or 16 or whatever the number is now. Uh also she uh I I feel like I get a point, boys. Um 
because she is not the first sacrifice uh, to uh, to like be given special treatment. Um, no. Yeah, it and, has uh, been expressly said that he's like, this isn't even the first time they kept him around. No. Uh, yeah, she's 99th sacrifice, but every single time, he literally cuts his own body to put blood on the floor to make it look like he ate them, and then they run out the back. Also, yeah. he doesn't say that. She literally sees the scars on his arms, draws the conclusion that that's what's happening, and is like, oh, I see you're a good person. Because okay. you are, all these things aren't battle scars. Thanks Thus. for clarifying that for me, because it was taking me a while to understand that the hot boy with the horns and the and the big beast man were the same person. Oh, my God. Poor Jay. Honestly. You have I, to understand like, how little I was paying attention yeah, I, while watching this shit. I am more with you. I, I'm fine with that, because for episode three... As soon as I realized that we were getting an arc of her just going out into like in a into a human world so she could come back at the end of the episode, I immediately put that in three times speed. That shit was not worth my time. Like I, I was like absolutely not. So yeah, I'm with you. This shit was boring. Like I knew exactly what was going to happen at every single moment. Um yes, look at that. JW and I finally agreed. Um <laughs> Anyway, did you guys enjoy the political machinations of this world? By the way, it was it was highly political. Yeah, very. There was political. a coup. We we got to see a coup attempt on the yeah. king. Yeah, it's very it's true. Very weird and, coup. And it's weird because the coup comes before him marrying the like out of his species. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it was kind of weird that he was being stabbed in hot boy form. By the way. That is a little weird too. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't why know. was he in hot boy form? Is there any explanation oh, yes, for that? Yeah, there is a hundred percent. Oh, I wasn't paying. I, attention. I have to. I have to pay attention <laughs> enough for all three of us here, uh, because of the miasma that covers the beast land, <laughs> that goes away miasma. on the night of his sacrifice, and therefore his body returns to human form. Oh, and nobody knows this but himself, apparently. Oh. So that guy was just gonna go stab the king, and then found a human and was very confused. Well, he couldn't even. S- oh yeah, you're right. He did find the comp- uh, the the human, stab him through the hand, and was like, "Oh, that was weird." Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, whatever. That's wh- and that's why she gets sick, and then he goes and finds a flower that cures miasma through osmosis, and then she wears it. And as that's a episode ring. three. Okay, yeah. but but the best part of this whole show by far is watching the horse demons interact with anyone else. Do you guys remember any of this? I mean, yeah, dude, the horses were great. They're I loved it when they awesome. picked up a spoon with their hoof. Yes. Oh, my God. It was incredible. They were like, oh, incredible. I guess I can't touch the food because the human touched it. Gets handed a plate, holds the plate somehow with a hoof, and then holds the spoon also with a hoof. And, like, normally you would think, like, they just won't show that shit, you know? Like, they're just, like, the spoon will come from off screen or something like that. But, no, they show it to you. It's just, like, taped to this <laughs> to this horse's hoof. Yeah, actually, it's just so laughing good. my ass off. There's, there's only, there's only one good demon in the entire show. There's only one good, well-written character demon in the entire show. Do you know who it is? I was gonna say the horse, but no. uh, is it, is it the wonderful lizard with the wonderful tail? No, I do love that. Man. Or is it the one that tries to stab him in, in, in hot boy form? <laughs> no, because I don't know what it is about like anime and drawing lizards. It's almost racist. Why are their yes. tongues always out of their mouth? Well, do you do you remember? Do you remember the? <laughs> it's kind the, of it's just annoying now. It's just lizard, annoying. The the lizards from Gibiate. That's what it just. Yeah, out. they're like the, they're the Gibiate <laughs> boys. They're so cute. Uh, yeah. Now the only well written character was clearly the walrus chef. He just you know <laughs> the walrus. He's, chef. he's the only character oh, that said things. I did remember things that stayed in line with his character, and he was done. He was like, you want to come in here and ruin this food, but you're going to be the queen someday? Yep. Okay, get in here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everyone's then, like, what? And then she's, she's like, like, oh, I'm so glad to help you. He's like, shut get up and the cook. Fuck you out. got a lot to do. <laughs> and then that's it. It's all you're he allowed does. to be here, but he's, you're in my kitchen. I forgot about that. That was so funny. He's genuinely the best because- Don't touch his, my fucking his, food. His I'm going to be the queen. Okay, you can come back. He's basically, now that you're here, get the fuck out. He's like Bradley Cooper <laughs> from whatever like chef movie that was that he was in. He's just real angry. He's like, I got to cook, lady. Are you the Bradley one that- Cooper. Baby, cook this whole stupid dinner on last minute notice. <laughs> yep, nothing I can do about it. Get in here. <laughs> <laughs> nothing I can do. Oh well. So, there's a there's one line I want to leave us on if we're ready for it. Um, 
in episode two, she compares her king to a bee, a busy bee just taking care of all of his wonderful, like, you know, uh, constituents. And she says at the end of the episode, quote, I am to give sweet nectar to the busy bee as it flies across the fields. And then one day I will bloom like a real flower. That is so fucking gross. Like, you either wrote that because you knew you wanted to fuck this little girl, or you wrote that on accident because you didn't realize you wanted to fuck this little girl, and you're just accidentally including the fact that she hasn't even, quote, bloomed yet. Yeah, motherfucker, you don't say that shit. Also, the the honey thing, like, motherfucker, only Cardi B can talk about the juicy bits, all right? Yeah. And make it sound funny, I guess. (laughs) I I can't believe that 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 line made the cut. Yeah, my, my stamen are fucking wet for you right now. Yeah, Let me Jesus. tell you. Don't talk about that pussy nectar, all right? We don't Spit need in my mouth. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that really, like, ties up King of Beasts for me is that line. Because, like, everything, again, that was the end of episode two. Episode three was nothing. Like, she she went out into the world because of the miasma being poisoning her. And then, like, they figure out the humans that she's hanging out with figure out that maybe she's an escaped sacrifice. And they're like, get out! And then she leaves, and the only funny thing about episode three is she's so distraught about having to leave this human village that she is walking down a path and just falls off of a cliff that just jumped at her, you mm-hmm. know? Like, it's just suddenly there was a cliff, and suddenly she was falling off of it. But don't worry, the beast was there to save her. So in another movie, and it's like, it, it's sort of, so the only bit that reminded me of a movie that had a bit that was similar, that was funny, so this moment wasn't funny, but it made me laugh because I thought of something that was, was the bit where he saves her after that and goes, well, like, I left you a note, you know? And she's like, but I can't read beast writing. And, like, that was stupid. But it made me think of the the movie Hear No Evil, See No Evil, where uh, Gene Wilder is the deaf one, and mm-hmm. he's, like, talking to Richard Pryor, the blind one. And he's like, oh, my God, keep talking. I can finally hear it's coming back to me. Richard Pryor goes, what? And he goes, no, you idiot, I'm still deaf. <laughs> just made I don't know why. <laughs> just made me think of that. And I was like, that was funny. But I was like, ah, this show sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's, it's I, like the I worst. I had to come back down from that joke back into the show for it to finish off with a wedding ring. And I went, ah, this hurts. Well, it's like the... Uh... I don't know if you guys remember it, but all the time Sokka forgets that Toph is blind. And then it's all, all of those jokes are just for the payoff in like one of the last episodes where he's like, I was talking to Suki. And Toph was like, oh shit, never mind. And like, it's just like four times they repeat the joke, all just for that one. And like, yeah, it can be good, but not here, not in King of Beasts. I'll yeah. tell you that. And I really, I really love how as we get further on, it takes less and less and less. For something to be equated to something else. Everyone was like, this is Beauty and the Beast. And in no oh way, God, besides nothing. having a beast and a girl, is this like Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I, this like, is... In any way, shape, or form. Bradbury is just rolling over in his fucking grave. Where he's like, you know, trying to tell us in Fahrenheit 451 that when you keep abbreviating and summarizing things, um, that, you know, eventually people are just not going to understand any of the media they consume. And everyone walks away from Fahrenheit 51 going, oh, so censorship is bad. And Bradbury is like, no, that's not. That wasn't the fucking lesson. <laughs> yeah, I apparently King of Beasts is, is you know, Disney yeah. content, I guess. Yeah. I didn't know. I had to be told by the anime community. Yeah, I, I, I just don't understand it. Um, just why? Just... Mm-hmm. Just why? Who? Just why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, other than that, I can't think of anything interesting that was happening in the show. No, yeah. I mean, it, it is like I had fun talking about it here, but only a little bit. Like, it's not enough to keep it around, you know? I, I wish I, I wish I could get, like, clips of the size change differences. Like, it's one of those <laughs> fucking transvestigation things. Only instead of measuring the angle of her fucking back, you're just, like, literally trying to measure this fucking woman. How she goes from two feet tall to six feet tall to four feet tall. Fucking dumb as hell. Jesus. All, All right, right well, vote, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's a natural... Sorry, I was just... 
I was looking up, uh, Ethan reminded me of another something else that was funny. <laughs> funny. I don't know if you've ever, I don't know what movie it's from, but uh, who's the who's the original guy that played um, War Machine in Marvel? The guy that, Ron, oh, Don Ron, Cheadle. No, no, oh, Ron, Ron, Ron no, no, Ter- no. Terrence Howard or Terrence something? Terrence Howard, yeah. Don the guy that thinks he reinvented math. Yeah, so that guy is in a movie where he's like a, a football coach giving a speech, but it's in a comedy, and he's like trying to tell them the lesson that they're going to win because the opposing team is all white and they're all black, so there's just no way they could lose. And everyone else is trying to go like, so what you're saying is like by the power of friendship or like if we really believe in it, he's like, no. Look at the color of your skin. It's black. There's no way you lose to these guys. Just like, just like a five-minute speech of him like, I don't know how, how much more clear I can make this. You're not going to lose because they're white, you're black, and it's football. That's the end of the story. But that's what it made me uh, think of. Again, just to try to get this uh, sacrificial beast out of my head. Um, yeah, so uh, let's go to let's go to uh, sell, sell me on your anime. No, just kidding. We don't have to for this one because... It's just, it's a wash. There's just no way. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say, like, I at this point, do I have to defend Magical Destroyers? Yeah, I, yeah, or I don't know. Beast? At this point, I don't okay. know. I'll defend both. <laughs> one of them is yeah. good, one of them is not. You choose. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but everyone voting for Magical Destroyers on this one? Is that what's happening? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Except for Jay. Jay, Jay pulls, a, pulls another uh, 180 and goes, no, Sacrificial Beast, you idiots. <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> happening, brother. <laughs> uh, good, <laughs> good. Not a uh, fucking chance in the world. Yeah. But, however, next week we got to figure out how to watch Oshinoko because somebody. <laughs> well, we got, don't we have, uh, I guess we have like a two week gap though, don't we? Cause we do, we, yes. Yeah, we're not going to yeah, be are, recording We are off next, next week. week if you're listening to this live. And if you're not, then just go to the next episode. Then bullying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. Well, yeah, yeah. We'll have to figure out how to watch uh, Oshinoko versus Igax. Uh, I got to cheat. And then I don't remember the rest, and I don't care. But it's that it's a, very I long. got a cheat skill in another world. It became unrivaled in the real world, comma, two. Oh, yeah. God dang. That's awful. Anyway, those are what we're watching next week. Uh, but let's go, to, let's go to divvying out points. Let's go to the Jay's call shots, baby. One. Jay, what do you got? Uh, four. Dark Horse there, buddy. Magical Destroyers. We got MC brings up Age of Consent as Oppression. Boy, howdy, is that coming? But it hasn't happened yet. You uh, and uh, skipped over your dark horse there, boy. Um, my dark horse, oh, sacrificial princess <laughs> in the dirt. <laughs> in the dirt. Uh, and and uh, so, yeah, here? sacrificial princess. There's a pit of kids' bones, like in 300. The exact opposite, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, he he's such a goody little fucking two shoes. He didn't even kill one kid. So there's not even one pit with one kid's bones in it. Yeah. Very unfortunate. Unfortunately, the pit of bones is spread across like all of the you know children that got away over the years. You yeah, know, the they, they just there is bones. They're just, bones. They're just living. They're just inside <laughs> yeah. of living children still. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I do still think that magical destroyers one's coming though. <laughs> That's good. Could be. Uh, what do you got? Uh, boringest. I think I'm still in the running for sacrificial princess. Um, winner is magical destroyer, so I'm still in the running there. Um, so technically, sacrificial princess. I had a more specific thing than I thought I did. I don't know if we're still willing to give me the point. It is there's a perpetual line of 99th sacrifices, so he always has a new bride. Oh no, so this is technically the first not bride. really what that was. Yeah, because this is this is just the first bride according to. According to what happened, because it happens once a year, and this is the first time he's you know taken a bride. So, yeah, taking it away. Yeah, I think so, man. I think you had a very specific point, and uh, you missed it. So rip. But All right. I think I I'll think boringest and winner, you have very good shots. So let's be honest. I don't really think you're you're hurting there, man. Yeah, things uh, are going all right. <laughs> I, uh, my, I, one of these other six is going to have to be so boring that I want to watch Sacrificial Princess, and I just don't know if that'll happen. It's a shame <laughs> that we got the like good two episodes, one and two, and then, well, good, big quotes on that, and then yeah. three was as bad as it was. Because like, if I'd gotten two as three, where like they have the stupid like horses and shit... I could at least be like, all right, all right, maybe there's something to this, but like, yeah, maybe it's not so boring. Out, yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. I got you. Uh, all right, magical destroyers. I had allegory for the U.S. lifting, uh, lifting Japanese fascists and crushing the leftists post World War II. Really, really doubt it, 
but oh, Jay has hopes for a meta narrative. Yeah, there, there, yeah. I mean, as far as meta narratives go, that wouldn't be the uh, that wouldn't be the most unusual thing I could see coming out of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Go ahead, Jay or Mike. Sorry. Oh, okay. Rude. Uh, none of my dark horse boringest or winners were this week, so it doesn't matter. Um, let's see. Sack Princess talks to objects like they are alive. No, the closest thing we got to was a bee, but that's alive. So. I mean, maybe I'll I'll look into it, but I doubt it. And we know it's not actually Beauty and the Beast, despite everyone saying it is. Yeah, uh, and uh, Magical Destroyers, uh, like, super pro LGBTQ. I mean, we got, like, a woman who's in control of her own sex, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. We'll see what happens. Um, imagine the state of anime that we have to be like, oh, yes, they're progressive enough <laughs> yeah. that a woman has agency over her own body. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. like, I swiped on Tinder. I got to go meet this guy. <laughs> no, yeah. don't do it. Sorry, Wasn't that how gotta... she got captured? Yeah. Got that captured. is how she got captured. Yeah, I gotta go have sex. Sorry, see you later. I was <laughs> you gonna guys. go bone this rando. Yeah. <laughs> also, and then like, he put me in bondage even... gear exactly like I wanted, yeah. but he yeah. didn't let me out. Yeah, she literally didn't know that she had been captured because she would like they took the fucking ball gag out of her mouth, and she was like, "Oh, uh, how did I is get it, here? Why are you guys here? Is I it time I was at for a sex the next thing. part? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like wait, I've been waiting. Yeah, like, yeah this has been a while. I mean, like I'm, I'm in it to win it, but like, jeez." Uh, let's see, producer, uh, none of your three picks matter yet, so Sack Princess called shot, uh, Furry Hates Scalies, uh, no, I mean, the- Yeah, the, there was that, that fucking lizard the assassin. The Scaly that tried murdering the, but the it's furries. But it's not a generational- No, line. yeah, it's not, A it's couple not, more, if, it's if we not get a, a little bit more thing. of a flesh out. Right now, if we get right more now, of a flesh out. yeah, right now it is, it is, it is, uh, aristocrats fighting. It's not a racist thing. So I I would say no so far. He doesn't try to kill the beast because he's a furry. He does it because he's the king of beasts. And the horses don't like the lizards because they're lizards, just because they're also vying for power as normal royals do. This is dumb. I I need more racism. I know. know, Who thought we would call for it? God. <laughs> uh, magical destroyers. Each character has their own graffiti style. Uh, no, they have. I a, doubt it. I well, yeah, we'll leave it on there. But really, all they have is their own transition sequence that we get to watch back to back to back. Uh, I hope that keeps happening. So, uh, yeah. So, so no points scored. We went from hopeful a point for Ethan to nothing. Uh, You're close. So week one ends with a zero 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 tie. Let's go. Um, there you go. Two weeks from now and or next episode, whichever one you decide to be part of, uh, we're going to watch Oshinoko versus I Gotta Cheat. I don't care. I Gax. That's what we're watching. <laughs> I know Ethan just said it 30 seconds ago. I can't remember. I'm it. not really. I Gax. I got a cheat I got a skill. Cheat skill. Yeah. We're calling it cheat skill. Cheat skill yeah, for sure. Cheat skill. I'm going to call it That's I Gax. Um, I like comma too. <laughs> uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, I don't know what to. I don't know what to look for in those two. But after that. I have in week in in the following episode. I just want to bring this up. I have people at my work that have both praised Hell's Paradise and Mashal Magic and Muscle. So very interested to see how disappointed I truly am, as no one can recommend good anime these days. No. So um, we'll see what happens. Uh, thanks again for listening to us, and again. Uh, with your family tonight, have a moment of silence and pour one out for the Akasha driver. Oh as my we God! All should the poor uh, man, true hero. Um, until he, then, you know what? He went out doing what he loved, <laughs> driving. How driving many can say that? Driving with the head, head of his dead comrade, I guess. <laughs> anyway. How many can say that? <laughs> mm, not all many. Right. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 You gotta go, brother. You gotta go. Keep up! Remember?